Welcome to Homemaker Chic, where we are rescuing the art of homemaking from the daily grind. Where we are wearing red lips while we do it. We are not wearing any denim homeschool marm jumpers with big unflattering pockets on the thighs. But I am wearing a sweatshirt, Shay, because it's Door County and the leaves are turning and it's cloudy and I'm Mm. making fires in the fireplace. Cozy. Yay! We had a rainy day here yesterday. It rained all day long and that hasn't happened in... that's since good. the 70s, I think. I mean, it's it's like it doesn't <laughs> happen here. Oh, my god! But as you guys can probably tell by my voice, I am a little under the weather currently. This is what happens when I get stressed. Remember how I told you guys I was under the bus last week? I was not joking. <laughs> this is so my body's like, hey, remember? Remember this? Um, and so I was down yesterday. Hey, and I'm going to get yeah, you. Exactly. And it was raining all day. And it wasn't quite as cozy as I thought it would be. I wish I could have enjoyed it to its fullest. But but I do have red lipstick mm. on. Have red lipstick on. And I don't. Mm-hmm. I, I went out in this sweatshirt like in very comfortable pants. And my daughter was like, really? Are we <laughs> going out this way, mom? That's like, the problem. I just had to run an errand. So I went there. <laughs> and lest you have no idea who we are. I am Angela Reed of ParisianFarmGirl.com. And Shay is Shay Elliott of the ElliottHomestead.com. And we are two friends smitten with each other, thousands of miles apart. And so we open up Zoom and we grab a microphone and our headphones mm-hmm. and we talk to you twice a week. We talk about homemaking and... You know, the grind. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> a little something like that. Just a little something like that. So what we did was we reached out to our lovely friends on Instagram, which you should uh, hop over as soon as we're done with today's show. If you don't have the Instagram app, by all means do it because it's a lovely community. I know a lot of us are a little bogged down with certain social media communities. Instagram can be rather lovely. So join us over there at Homemaker Chic Podcast. We'd love to have you follow us. So this week, we're busy. We're thinking, what are we going to talk about? What's our topic going to be? And I said, Shay, let's do a Q&A. Let's just open her up. Yes. So we put out the call for a Q&A on Instagram. And uh, you guys, um, all 106 comments or more than that. I don't know. 159 <laughs> last time I checked. Oh, my heaven. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's what I was thinking. It's 160. So lest we uh, get any further, I think we should um, do something a little bit earlier than we normally do because we have a lot of questions we're going to try to cover. And I think, Shay, we should cue cue the wine music. This song, I wish this would just run in my earphones all day long. It just makes me so happy. You know, it's like our own version of the girls... Yeah, that is kind of what it's like. It is. It's like a very like James Bond, Ipanema. It's so good. Somebody asked on Instagram, Mm -hmm. like, what's what's something that like takes you out of your life for just a moment? Like, it just brings you so much joy. And my first thought was that the wine segment song and lattes. (laughs) Those are like the two things (laughs) where it's just like, oh, all is well. Just for this moment. Just just right here. Right here. In my three feet spherical world. Exactly. So... This show, the whole show today is brought to you by Dry Farm Wines because um, we're just, we love these guys. We love Dry Farm. They've come to us. They want ideas for how to share inspiration for you guys, for your your holiday tables, champagne, what's what wines are going to go with your Thanksgiving menu, your Christmas menu. Yes, and, and this is a stay f- tuned because we are going to do, we're going to roll out something special for the holidays with Dry Farms. Oh, we're going to blow we're, it up. Yeah. Um, we're we're so happy to see so many of you trying Dry Farm Wines. So you need, need to visit dryfarmwines.com forward slash homemaker. It's, homemaker I can't chic. ever remember, Shay. Homemaker Chic. Just Homemaker yep. Chic. I always wonder if it's the podcast. Dryfarmwines.com forward slash homemaker chic. And try some wine. So this is by Na- Binamics. Yes. This is Binamic Wine, Shay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Biodynamic. Biodynamic. <laughs> Low sugar. So I have a lot of family that does Trim Healthy Mama. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, so all to all our low sugar, and we all should be low sugar because that's the best way to be. Um, but low sugar, you know, uh, paleo, keto, trim healthy mama friends, all of us who strive to eat very healthy and then sort of feel like we're sabotaging that when we re- reach for a glass of wine. This is the wine for you. Yes. For sure. Yes. Uh, yeah. That's yes. your cue, That is my contribution. <laughs> I wholeheartedly agree. <laughs> I'm really... I said, that's your cue. Oh. What? <laughs> <laughs> my ears are working so great today. <laughs> I'm here, you guys. I'm here. <laughs> Yes. Um, in spirit. I am here in spirit. Uh, when you do visit dryfarmwines.com forward slash homemaker chic, you get a uh, bottle for a penny with your first order, too. So you basically get a free bottle for all intents and purposes. And I'm kind of jelly. Like, even if you don't want to, could you just get me a bottle for a penny? Oh my goodness. I'll take all your penny bottles. <laughs> I know. Like to my wine build, is build such the whole a joy. wine cellar and just. It is. It really is. And um, I was very intrigued uh, on Instagram. Someone commented, you know, we have a lot of Shay and I are both Christians, believers, and we there's a a wide variety of, um, you know, it's an open handed topic, whether Christians should drink or not. Everybody's going to vary a little bit. And I was so intrigued to see one um, someone who has a personal conviction conviction to not drink wine. But she cooks. And it is a rule in the kitchen. You don't cook with cheap, bad wine. You you cook with good wine. Yes. And so she is using dry farms in her kitchen to cook. Oh, interesting. That's so I fun. love that. Yeah. I'm like, you nailed it, yeah. girlfriend. That's fantastic. I cook with it, too, because I, I have confessed, like, I'm usually like a one or two glasser. When I when I have my wine and um, sometimes like if Stu has, you know, a glass or or a two or whatever, sometimes we just have a little bit left in the bottle. And so mm-hmm. if we don't drink it right away and there's just that little bit left, then I'll use that in like my risotto or, you know, yeah, just add empty all the rest of the whatever. bottles. Yeah. Into the beef exactly. stew. <laughs> all right. Um, so okay, I'm so just going what, to. What are you okay. sipping? I'm sorry. It's taking me five minutes to ask. What are you sipping, my friend? <laughs> The wine um, music I is my gone. This is a uh, so for those of you, I, I do want to answer this question too. Uh, some people think that Dry Farm Wines is a private label. They don't maybe oh. understand that this is, uh, no. for all intents and purposes, uh, I guess, an importer right. who's seeking out farmers that farm in this particular method. And then bringing us those wines to our doorstep, by the way. No more wine anxiety in the grocery store aisle. So this is a Touraine. Um, So it's the area of France um, near Tour, like in the Loire Valley. And they do this particular, um, I don't know, vigneron, Francoise Xavier Bar, whatever. (laughs) Cool name. Cooler than mine. It just Uh, sounds like you're making noises. Does it? (laughs) (laughs) I hear nothing. (laughs) I hear nothing. Um, But they do a reds, whites, rosé. They this label does a lot of wines, and this was a Sauvignon. So um, it's an appellation in France that stretches from Anjou to the Salon region, which is gorgeous, and it's. Like a lot of dry farms properties uh, that they work with, this is a small vineyard, fifty five hundred hectares, mm-hmm. which is not super small. huge, yeah. right? But the the terrain there, it's uh, got a lot of flint, like clay, flinty clay, chalk, sand, um, and an oceanic climate that that contributes to the overall taste of the wine. So I really mm. enjoyed this. Um, the Sauvignon Blanc is. Um, it's a Chenin Blanc and some Chardonnay blend for their Sauv Blanc. So mm. I would definitely recommend it. With Dry Farms, you can do an all-white box. You can do an all-red box. You can mix it up. You can do the bubbly. And um, I don't know about you, Shay, but like when I buy perfume or something, I love the packaging. Mm-hmm. You know, when you go to the Nordstrom counter and you get your Chanel number no. 5 and like you get the sturdy box and the bow and the the gift with purchase or whatever dry farm comes in this beautiful box and it's just got black 
paperwork and little stickers you can put on your bottles. So in your wine collection, you can label which ones are dry farm, Mm -hmm. which is kind of fun. I love the wine magazine that they send with it. It's like a giant newspaper. It's beautiful. It's so pretty. Yeah, it's absolutely gorgeous. And if you want some real like inspiration, go to their YouTube channel and just watch some of their videos. For those of you that are small farmers and that's the... Or that's the vibe you're trying to bring into your into your pantry, into your kitchen. Go to YouTube and watch their videos. Yes, it's, it's that's seriously. good stuff. Mm-hmm. I haven't had wine in a few days. I hate to say I'm sipping. I'm sipping lemon water, ladies. Be jealous. <laughs> Little lemon honey water. <laughs> oh man, poor not, thing. Not quite as romantic. I am. Mm, this is side sidebar. Quite. And then we'll get to it. Sidebar. Um, Okay. I want to go to Italy so bad. I want to go drink wine in Italy so bad. (laughs) Where? I I was just talking about. Yeah. But come on. No, I just miss it. I know. But I'm about done with everything (sighs) up in here. So, yes. (laughs) I'd love to go somewhere. Yeah. Thank you. Let's talk about something productive now. Um, okay, Please. let's get these Q questions pulled up. We are going to try to, I mean, mo- a lot of these we questions. We can't do 160 questions. No, but a they lot match. of them we could do an entire yeah. episode on. So some of them, if we don't answer, we're going to write it down and we are going to do mm-hmm. an episode on it. But some of them were just a little bit faster, a little quicker. Um, and yeah. I think we can kind of cruise through them. Um, okay, let's just scroll right down the top here. Is your Nothing phone planned here. close to your microphone? I'm getting weird feedback in my earphones. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, let me. I'll let you do it. Angela's phone, phone is I was holding demonic. My phone. It makes my phone is demonic. It, does, it, it like yeah, eats it, the computer. It sends messages to my microphone like <laughs> like my French language apparently. Okay, we got okay. Um, we got lots and lots of birth and breastfeeding comments. Um, okay. So this really is an episode. Birthing stories. I mean, come on. We could do one on each kid. We could do an entire have, season. Between the two of us, we have crazy birthing we stories. We do. And we have pretty much... With some good fodder. We've pretty much done the gamut. So Angela, you had home births for most of them. Uh-huh. Um, I, think, I think we cover all three. Yes. I mean, I, yeah. I had a, I have, had a VBAC... Um, right. Two. I've had two V-backs. Actually, I've had C-sections, obviously, um, and then I've had what I call a non-V-back V-back. Well, that's actually what my doctor called it. So, fun, <laughs> fun story, ladies. Here we go. We'll get into Air it. <laughs> um, I have two uteruses. I have a condition called uterine didelphus. Every like when you're forming in your mother's womb things like you have these two different uteruses essentially when you're a female and they will mush together to make one uterus as you're forming. So cool. But uh, mine didn't do that all the way. So I actually have two full size uteruses in my belly. So I had. So is there like a septum? There is that, a septum. Like, fuse? Okay. Yes. They're, um, they're completely separate little things. I have an ovary and a fallopian tube on each one. So each each uterus only has one fallopian one. tube and one ovary. And okay. um, and then I I did. This is fun. Uh, I did have two. <laughs> this is hang with me. Vaginal canals. That does not mean I have two vaginas. OK, there's not two holes coming out. There's just one hole. But when you get she said it, I did. <laughs> when you get far enough inside there, there is a, a septum that separates. And so. Yeah, this is a whole this is a whole nother thing. Somebody oh, out there listening is going, I'm thank sorry. God I'm not alone. I know. No, you, I know. but you just made somebody feel better. So I know. Okay. Well, when I first found okay. out I had it, um, I found out because I was leaking. I would use like a tampon when I'd have my period. We're just getting right into it. And I <sighs> leak around it. And so I finally went to my doctor. I'm like, I don't understand. And they were like, Oh, you have uterine didelphus. Anyway, I had two kids <clears throat> in one uterus. I'm sorry, three kids in one uterus, one kid in another. So I've carried pregnancies in both uteruses. When I had Juliet, she um, was in my left uterus. All my other kids had been in my right. So she was considered a VBAC because I had had 
two C-sections before her, but the uterus that she was in had never been cut open. So she was considered a VBAC, but she was from a fresh, like new uterus with no incision. So she was my non-VBAC VBAC baby. Okay. Yeah. I don't think I can top that. <laughs> well, you had all these um, amazing home births and um, we really should do a birthing story. Yeah. But yes, we've run so the I've gamut had, of them. I've six babies. The first one. Yeah. The six. The we need a cough button between I'm my sorry. allergies. I'm sorry. And your, I'm, I'm leaning to her. Six babies. The first one, you know, for. Typical first child, you know, only 28 hours of labor. They, they transferred me from home birth to the hospital for whatever. We can talk about that in the episode. Yeah, all right. I'm going to write this uh, down. Make sure we circle back around okay. to these birthing. And moments. then and then f- four uh, just non-eventful home births. No big deal. Dropped them like they were hot. And Come on. then I did. After 28 hours, I deserved I that. Okay. Like we'll we'll tell those stories, and then with Junior, my last one, your uterus. You know, after we've had so many babies, it gets a little lazy. <laughs> like it's a little unpredictable, and it gets a little lazy. And so after Junior, I hemorrhaged and then got transferred again, just for observation. They let me go the next morning, like mm-hmm. I was there like ten hours. Mm-hmm. But yeah, better mm-hmm. safe than sorry, as they say. Yeah. I you was know, furious. I know you were. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I just kept passing out and I was like the paramedics. I'm like, please don't make me go. They're like, we'll let you try one more time. Can you sit up? Can you stand up? I'm like, I can do it. I can do it. Here I go. Here I go. <gasps> Plunk. <laughs> Better safe than sorry. Yeah. Yes. You know, we um we had planned to use when I got pregnant with Georgia, who's my first, we had planned to use this really great midwife who I loved and we were going to have the birthing center and we were going to have like this amazing, you know, natural birthing experience. And I was going to die on that hill. Georgia was breech. We found that out at like 39 weeks, 30, I'm sorry, 37 weeks. And mm-hmm. um, we did like the moxie burning by your pinky toe. We did acupuncture. Mm-hmm. We did chiropractor adjustments. We did flips in the pool. We Webster did, like, technique or whatever it's called. It. Yeah, you name we it. We did it. Mm-hmm. And it didn't work. We tried mm-hmm. a version, a manual version. Don't do that. That was that, horrible. That looks horrible. It was horrible. I mean, that looks... I had no idea. Oh. I had no, no. idea. <laughs> um, again, yeah. maybe that's another episode, but... My all this is to say we ended up having a C-section with her because in Washington, midwives aren't allowed to touch breech babies. And you, it's hard. Pre- you're hard pressed to find an OB who will deliver a breech baby vaginally. But they, so we, no, they, they don't know how. I mean, anymore. don't get me started. I mean, they don't know there how are some anymore. Doctors who yeah. do, but but most. But for don't. the most part, they don't. Yeah. My point was, I was like, I was going to die on this hill and they wouldn't let me. So we had a C-section, C-section with Georgia. Um, and Owen, our doctor, agreed to let us have a V-back. He was this old school cowboy kind of a guy. Um, but when I when I had Owen, that septum that I was telling you about, the, the vaginal septum completely, completely tore out. And I hemorrhaged and bled everywhere. And had I had Georgia at the birthing center, the likelihood that I would have died are is really high. Mm. You know, it was just a couple of minutes from the hospital, but even at that, you know, we that's not what we were expecting. Right. And so I tell you that, listeners, because I know a lot of you are in the childbearing years. Um, you don't need to die on that hill. You don't need to die on that hill. I want everyone to have really beautiful, healthy, mm-hmm. good birth experiences. But it was such a good, humbling moment for me to be like, you are not justified. By how you give birth. Right. You do not need to be a martyr about it because it was God's providence that, I mean, literally probably saved my life. And who, you know, who knows about Georgia? She was one of those babies that had the cord wrapped around her neck a bunch of times. <laughs> I wouldn't even know if she would have dropped. Who knows? Um, mm-hmm. Anyway. Yes. More on that. Let's let's expand on that. OK, but we've we've run the gamut and um by God's grace, actually, we were able to breastfeed all of our babies. 
somebody asked what our thoughts on breastfeeding are. Yeah, I'm pretty, pretty ornery there. Yeah, I it was so yep. much harder than I thought it would be. I thought, oh, this is so natural. And then I had Georgia and I was like, oh, that hurts. Like that hurts really bad. <laughs> yeah, it, for sure. <laughs> it does. It, yeah, it hurts. It, and it was it's, like, you I think it's really important to tango. I think it, you know? and I think it's, you know, we I think it's really important to have somebody help you. Yes. It's very I important. I think that's um, maybe a lost art, even between friends. Yes. You know? Yep. I, I remember doing that with my... Literally um, helping your friend. No, this is what it... This is how yeah. to lift it. This is how to insert it. This is how to, Everybody was like, oh, my baby's lazy. And I had somebody say, you know, then give me techniques on rub the jaw, you know, uh-huh. do a little like this, you know, like yeah. there's... I think there's so much um, really good female to female wisdom that's just been yeah. lost. Yeah. yeah. I had a great lactation consultant with Georgia and I remember her grabbing her head and just like shoving it into my boob. Right. And I was like, oh, so that's how we're doing it. But then when my sister, my right. younger sister had her first baby, you know, it's like you got to get over this thing when you have children like, oh, somebody's going to see my nipple. Uh, Yeah. People's going to see all your pots. And I remember like (laughs) grabbing my sister's boob and like shoving Jude's head up to it and being and she was like, oh, I'm like, yeah, that's like this is what we're doing. You got to go for it. Yeah. And well, like, again, I mean, for those of us that farm, have you ever seen an an animal go at the teat? Right? <gasps> like they just yeah. like it's like an yeah. attack. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, okay, yes. So again, you aren't listeners. You are not justified by how you feed your baby, but um, if you can breastfeed, of course, such a beautiful, beautiful gift to pass on to your children. Um, and then they'll bite you and then you'll bleed and then you'll be, you know, eternally grateful for that wonderful time you got to have. <laughs> okay. Tons of questions while we're Give on the baby topic. Tons of questions about discipline, um, which I think is interesting because for one, Angel and I, like we're not we're not like this Mecca of like a, you know, super family or anything like that. Uh, <laughs> discipline is something I'll speak for us both that I think we both struggle with. So mm-hmm. this is one of those things that somebody said, is this too controversial? I'm not going to tell you how I discipline because I think it's personal, personal in the sense. But I think as a family for discipline, you have to determine what your principles are. So right. for example, our principle in our home, it, oh my gosh, these stupid. There things. is a fly. It's driving me nuts. I know. On your behalf. <sighs> it just flew into my eyebrow. Um, the principle is you obey right away, all the way with a cheerful heart. That is the expectation. Mm. That is the principle. Um, but the method of employing that is going to be personal to your family. Mm-hmm. And it's personal even to the child. Right. Um, I think we can, we can tend to draw too broad of lines when it comes to discipline saying this is the right way and this is the wrong way. I just right. don't think that that is wise when it comes to children because children, you know, even like in the situation where let's say you were to adopt a child or maybe you're fostering a child or, right. you know, people it all there's lots of different situations i think you have to be careful to not paint too broadly um but that is the principle of discipline in our house um you want to speak to that how you guys do discipline no i th- i think that's <laughs> no <laughs> not really <laughs> no i do think i do totally agree that it's definitely um it's not an area where i'm going to be dogmatic because i you know, you can have a, you can go into motherhood and like, I'm going to do it right. I've seen all my friends mess up or, you know, whatever. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to be this way. My kids are going to obey me. And then you mm-hmm. like, oh no, I'm have like them. actually <laughs> dealing with a human being just like me who has good days right. and bad days. And, and then once you start having more and more, um, you know, in my case, I, I then came to the realization like, oh, you're all actually very different. Right. And, for for some of you, a scolding is the most humbling 
destroying, (laughs) correcting behavior, you know, like you're just Mm -hmm. wrecked and there's proper remorse and the desire to start again, you know? So I, I do think it's, um, I, you know, when I, when I pray for my kids, I ask, I do ask the Lord, I'm like, please, like I, I'm so in unqualified for this. Please show me what each individual child needs because it's easier for me to look at my day and look at everything as a lump sum whole and help me see them individually. Like you see me individually, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I agree with that. Um, Somebody asked how early we start right away. Correction starts right away. Um, um, first yeah. teeth bite. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, I did. No, but I, I would. I, I would say the no. Face. Yeah, yeah, no. I would flick his. It was Owen. Owen was my biter, of course, <laughs> such as personality. I would flick his mouth right. and say no. Like you're not allowed to do that. Um, it's not like when right. he was a week old, but you know. I have to tell you. Let me let me just give a little advice. This is it, and it's not mine. This is from my dear friend Rosemary. I love this. I think it's fabulous. It's not going to like answer all your questions on how to discipline, but maybe it's going to answer the if you should. She always says, take whatever you're seeing and add 10 years onto it. Yeah. Would you rather deal with it now or do you want to deal? You got a sass mouth six, six year old. You want to mm-hmm. deal with it at six or do you want to deal with it at 16? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. And the reality is you'll probably still be dealing with it when they're 16, but it'll be a lot better if you've been but correcting. But, but like you said, don't wait. Like, don't oh, wait. It's just because they're little. You know, sin is cute when they're little. It's not cute when you can get her pregnant. Right. <laughs> That's what my friend <laughs> Jess always says. I love it. It's funny. Um, another real real quick on discipline. Um, again, we could talk for a really long time on this, but um, there's always uh, rest restitution at the end of it. So when we discipline our children, regardless of what that looks like, um, after it's done, we pray with them. They ask for forgiveness. We forgive them and fellowship is restored. I meant rest, restore. That's what I meant. Not restitution. <laughs> restore. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Brain fog. Um, and so when it's done, it's, it's very quick very swift Mm -hmm. and it's dealt with immediately and we are back in fellowship. There's none of this wallowing around, avoiding each other for, you know, six hours around the house. There's none of that. It's absolutely deal with it. Swift done. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you're back in fellowship as it should be. And if they're, if the kid's having a hard time remembering that they have been forgiven, then we say you're welcome to come out and join the family when you can act like you've been forgiven. Cause when you've been forgiven, fellowship is restored that's it. Life goes on mm-hmm. as normal. And we don't talk about this again. Um, right. And you need to act like that. You need to be able to act like that to join us. So, okay. Yeah. And for new parents, I think really quick, I think it's very important for new parents to decide, like you said, what are the expectations going to be and f- and function from that point? Because the problem that people see when parents talk about discipline is, 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 uh, anger. They're worried about parents being angry. And if you just have set guidelines in your house and, and you don't like, you can't, you can't discipline your child in anger, whatever form of discipline you use, you cannot be angry. So it's very important to set guidelines. So there's, there's not a reason to get, you know, you don't, you don't let it go on and go on and go on on on. to that point. Yeah. Yeah. And you should know, you guys were talking about the ideal situation. (laughs) Okay. I've disciplined when I'm angry, um, but hello. But most of the time I disqualify myself and I'll either wait for Stu to come home or whatever it may be and say, OK, we need to deal with this um, because I'm disqualified <laughs> because oh, I, want to, I, I have said I want to my to kids, like, like I literally yeah. I cannot um, like, you know, you're in the wrong and mom is a human and I'm actually very angry right now. And so we will come back to this. Yes. Whether yep. it's this evening or tomorrow, because when yeah. you subtract the emotion out of it, then you're just literally dealing with what happened. So I'm yeah. fine yes. with that. But I yeah, but I do let them know, like, this is what should be happening right now. But I'm upset. Mm-hmm. Yep. So mama's disqualified. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, do you feel like your current homes will be your forever homes or do you have different plans or goals in mind to move somewhere else? I see Angela restoring an old chateau in France and Shay in Italy. Boom. Shakalaka. Um, you want to go first? Uh, the When I moved here, it almost killed me. I mean, to move a farm with six kids is is horrible. Out of state. Three 25, 30 foot moving trucks. I don't know. Multiple trips. Organizing. Purging. Uh, boxes. Homeschooling. It was hellacious. The only thing that I think got through, got me through it without losing my ever loving mind was I was, it was a dream come true. I have wanted to live here forever. Um, I don't really need to move again. I I could have multiple homes, (laughs) but I don't really need to move again. Mm -hmm. Yes, Mm -hmm. I could, I would love to restore a chateau and literally our, like we would have been open to that, to moving to France, but we but there were children involved and it's we have a small enough community now, like as far as making friends and stuff. I thought as far as I would still want to stick with my homeschool conviction and as far as them finding spouses or having a social life like that is a that would be a very isolated situation for a long time until we were immersed and there was the language barrier was broken down and everything. I just felt like were I single or were it just Joel and I? Heck yeah. I would have moved to France and I would have done that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did not feel as a mom. And not, that's not to say that people move that become expats or whatever is a, is a bad call. I just felt in our situation with homeschooling and everything, that would not have been wise mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. the kids, for the children. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, this the house that we're in now, we are planning on that being our forever home, Lord willing as well, because Stuart is like, I'm never doing this again. <laughs> no. Oh, like, I mean, I will get like we're a, not building one a farm again. Yeah. No, yeah. I will never re- rebuild a farm. No, no way. It's it's it would it's so much work. We have like and I I really don't use this term like that lightly, but we I feel like we have PTSD from. Yeah, like five year period where we were just having so many kids and building the farm like it was yes yeah. it was so hard it was so so hard and yeah. so grateful we did it now but I don't think I could do it again however I do have a savings account for us so that when our kids are a little bit older um, we can spend significant amounts of time in Italy <laughs> mm-hmm. I just I love it so much and um, I was talking to my financial advisor he comes to visit us a couple of times a year and I was like, oh, we need to have a fund so that we can buy an apartment in Italy. And he's like, uh, no, you just need to do an Airbnb. Like we are in this awesome day and age where you can literally go rent somebody's house for six weeks while they're not there. Right. And then you don't that have to worry fly. about buying property or paying. <laughs> right. I know it keeps coming in my eyes. Paying taxes. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of factors that go into moving oh. abroad. He's right. like, you don't have to do any of that. I'm like, Justin, you're a genius. Why did I think of that? But um, I do really want to expose my kids to other cultures. I think it's really important. Um, So, yes. Other than that, though, Lord willing, we are here. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Okay. Some espresso machine questions. Okay. Um, Real fast. What kind of espresso machine do you have? And how do you froth your raw milk? Do you use raw milk? Blah, blah, blah. This one has a lot of questions. You want to start with that? <laughs> sure. I have a Brazil, <laughs> but I don't know what model it is. Okay. Um, it's, I don't know what the, it's got the, the grinder. I mean, it's got all the bells and whistles. It's fabulous. And yes, okay. it does you use just fine with raw milk. You don't, yes. Yes. Same. We use a, we have a FEMA, which is an Italian espresso machine that we bought off um, espresso. Yours is a here. restaurant. I mean, yours is like a restaurant. It's piped in or whatever, right? Like, yeah. Got the, so it's piped it's, into water. It's a two twenty yeah. volt um, mm-hmm. thingy. It's a big, a big daddy. But we got it for yeah. cheap. I mean, we got it from a place going out of business, so we use that. We froth our raw milk. It has a milk frother, and I drink a latte mm-hmm. every single day. 
Um, okay. Can you preserve meats without the pink salt nitrate stuff? Yes, you can. Just yes. use regular salt. Go follow Farmstead Meat Smith. I will sing his praises all day long. Yeah. Vashon Island um, in Washington is where he's based out of, but he doesn't use any of the nitrate pink salt. So, yes, absolutely. But your pink get your meats won't be pink like you're used to. Like ham doesn't come out pink in real in the real world. Right. That's a, that's a pink nitrate salt that they add. Um, yeah, and then how, get the River Cottage uh, handbook on preserving on meat curing. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's like a pterodactyl, you guys. This thing is <laughs> dive bombing her the whole time. I'm trying to play it cool, but between the it's, runny nose, no, and I would the be fly, like, <laughs> I would it's pushing it's me not past good. a little bit. <laughs> okay, how can you store potatoes and apples if you don't have a big fridge? Answer it while I blow my nose discreetly off mic, please. <laughs> If you don't have a big fridge, um, I always stored potatoes in a really cool room. So whether it was a little like nook right next to my garage, because the garage would get too cold, it would freeze. Or my laundry room at our old farm was very cold. I would just dig them up. I didn't wash them. And I think um, the first few years that I did that, I, I did a layer of potatoes and then I did a newsprint and then a later potatoes and then newsprint and they lasted just fine um the room didn't freeze but it was nice and nice and cool uh apples i've never stored apples like into spring but um i would do it the same way i would make sure they're not touching what are, how would you store mm-hmm. how do you store apples shay do you store apples per se in your um not no i mean they're Mm-mm. not gonna last that long they'll last a couple months just in a cold room you know but yeah. it has to be a storage apple and um uh, yeah and i you would guys dehydrate also, applesauce that kind of yeah. stuff like that's how i primarily and preserve them. you need to understand too when you're like reading historical books and they're talking about their food lasting into through the winter and into the spring Yes, it did. They have different standards than you probably have. Okay. they <laughs> That's true. It is. We're talking about apples that get shriveled and cabbages, you know, that get covered yeah. in mold and you peel all the layers of the cabbage leaves off. So while you're reading that kind of stuff and you're all intrigued and you're enthused and you want to learn it, you you do have to switch your mindset. Like this is not going to look like waxy, shiny, beautiful grocery store stuff. Yeah. Like this is for people. They were surviving. Yeah, and it, it didn't look pristine. It was life or come death. March fifth, March fifteenth. Yep. They were just happy to have it. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, oh, this is a fun one. Will you be getting okay. a horse anytime soon? <laughs> if I have my way, the answer is yes. Yes. Um. <laughs> Amelie wants a horse so bad, and yes. I would like one. I think I'm very allergic to them. Really? I think either that, or I've just had a couple bad moments where I rubbed my eye at an inadvertent time. Oh, I mean, I'm interesting. In, I'm in this. It's very interesting because I um very allergic to cats and dogs. Like ten years ago, now I can go to someone's house, and about two hours later, I'm like with a dog. Like, say they have a lab or something. Um, I have to get my inhaler or whatever, but cats, we have a cat. Um, but yeah, the last time I was around horses, I was loving on them. They're so beautiful. And I must've just rubbed my eye or something. And I had like a freak out, but my arms oh, did no. get some high, like break out in hives. Oh, my geez. hope is that it's just a lack of exposure. Yeah. You know, I used yeah. to not be able to handle a bale of hay either. If I, yeah. if I t- tossed hay or whatever it, I would freak. I would have a full freak out. Yeah. So I just think I'm um, over the last 15 years of becoming more and more a farm girl. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I'm. It's calming down. And that's so. really no, that's really true. I mean, kids, yeah. a lot of times farm kids who who are raised around all these different bacteria and molds mm-hmm. and uh, dander right. and all that stuff. They, they grow up with significantly less allergies than yeah. kids who aren't exposed to that. Um, Mm -hmm. I actually do have a horse and he lives at my parents' house right now with his buddy, his other horse buddy. I haven't ridden him in quite a few years. 
I was going to say like when. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I stopped riding him when I was in my pregnant years. I a lot of Mm -hmm. women do ride when they're pregnant. I was just not comfortable doing that Mm -hmm. Uh, physically. I was not comfortable on the horse. But um, I bought him when I was in college and I rode every day when I was in college. And then um, when Stu and I were dating, we would go riding every day after work. And mm-hmm. um, we loved it. I taught Stu how to ride and we would just ride up through all the vineyards and orchards that surround my parents' house. And it was a blast. And I would love to get back to it. I would really love my kids to learn how to ride horses. I think it's mm-hmm. I think it's really important that you know how to have that relationship with a horse. Yeah. And um, I would love to, it to be the type of thing where our family gets to the point where we can take pack horses up into the mountains here and, you know, do alpine lake fishing or camping or whatever it may be. We're not there quite yet, but that's oh definitely gosh, someplace would I would love to get to. So fabulous. How Jamie and Claire of you. Um, yes. Amelie wants one. I want one. Yeah. We don't really have the housing. I mean, I don't, but we do have a barn nearby that is mm-hmm. full suited and i think i could board mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. yeah yeah and you know our road so is fun. perfect for just it's perfect yeah mm-hmm. riding i love riding yes. horses okay um what's next okay how did how did we meet our spouses oh uh, okay <laughs> they're both very classy stories in a bar in a bar <laughs> in a bar um yep should we expand on that (laughs) i don't know okay Um, we met in a bar yeah um there was another course at a country bar and joel would um i would go with my mom for line dancing lessons and uh he and then i would leave you know i wouldn't stay like late like as was I was too young. Um, but then um, he was like the best dancer in the bar. So he taught me how to dance. And mm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought Stu was cute. So I asked him to dance. And then we fell in love. To what song? Do you remember what song? Black Velvet. <laughs> you just get trashier and trashier, Shay. You guys think I'm joking. I'm not. <laughs> Mississippi. Oh my gosh. Oh, I know it. Just terrible. Do as I say, not as I do. Um, how did you two meet and become friends? That's a fun question. Um, Angela and I met as bloggers. Um, I can't mm-hmm. remember how how like connecting with the blog I can't remember that Angela had a magazine years ago and I was a young blogger at the time and I submitted a recipe for it it was a shrimp ceviche and it was delicious and it went in one of the um, episodes but then she had a magazine launch party and she invited all the contributors to the magazine so me being a contributor for this article and I wanted to go so bad, but we lived in Alabama at the time and had no, I'm, I wasn't going to come up to Illinois. Like that was out of the question, but I wanted to so bad because I wanted to meet her. I thought she was so classy. Little it was did the I best. know. I just, <laughs> 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 I, that was the best party I've ever thrown that. And I did hold a millennium party for the year 2000. Oh man. All That's those years hilarious. ago, it was I had fireworks and everything. Yeah, you are a party girl. Oh man, yep, that's really fun. Uh, Yeah, so that's how we met, and then um, kind of just kept in each other's peripheries um, Mm -hmm. in the blogging world and the blogging sphere. And then we started working DoTerra together a couple years in, and then after that, you know, took up a lot of just work conferences together and phone conversations and trainings and such like that. And so that was kind of that. <sighs> Anything else you'd like to add to our love story? You could go, uh, no, Episode one is our love story. So go go listen yeah, to that. So go back if to you that. Want. Yeah, yeah, literally at first episode of the podcast. OK, here's a fun one. How do you stay connected okay. with your spouse with all the kids and stuff? Like, how do you do date nights? What do you do? (laughs) 
Help. <laughs> Help. I don't know. Can you call me in five years and I'll tell oh, you. Oh, I love so. Stuart so much. I miss him so much. And I say to him all the time, I just want to talk to you. Like, I really like you. Um, And I know that this is not feasible. It's not even feasible for us. But when we mm-hmm. went to Italy a couple of years ago, just Stu and I, about a day and a half in, I just looked at him and I was like, God, I love you. Like, I forgot, like, just getting to see him and just talk to him and just have conversations with him and just having eyes for each other in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, For us, it actually meant like leaving for just a a little bit, um, which I know is not possible right now. Right. But But we, we, we leave like in little micro and, I, and by yeah. leave, like I air quotes leave, like literally Joel's walking out to the barn. He'll say, do you want to walk out with me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yep. Or he's going to run to the hardware store for some screws. And I'm like, I'll go with you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yep. and it, it's just a, it's just a six minute drive into town or whatever. So that's. Yep. That's how we roll. I mean, it's very difficult. Yep. Every once in a while, we get out. Of course, you know, if you would have asked me seven months ago, I would have had a better answer. COVID obviously changed all of that as far as um, restaurants being open or. Yeah. Or whatever, you know. Yep. I did all that. Um, Also, we could and we probably should do an entire episode on this, but intimacy is super important. It's really easy for you to crawl in bed, especially moms of littles. Trust me. I see Mm -hmm. you. I've been there. I know what you're feeling. Mm -hmm. And you're like, if one more person wants to touch my boobs, I'm going to be really, really upset. (laughs) It's so hard to to make sure that you carve out that time. Um, But knowing we need to expand on this a lot further in the future, just know that that is really, really, really significant. Um, in just maintaining that relationship. Are you? Why are you making that face? Children? They're so loud. Aiden is like yelling underneath me. <laughs> Did your mom go? He's to- so loud. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sorry about that. Mark that. Go put the smack on it, Grandma. Gosh. Okay. Um. Okay. Here's a fun one. What are some brands that you seek out on Poshmark? Ooh. Ooh. Um Ralph Lauren. Ralph Lauren. I mean, I'm Ralph Lauren is my I'm like a just classic. I I will Ralph Lauren, Armani. Calvin Klein um, has really good dresses. Yeah. I usually um, find those at TJ Maxx. So I don't Okay, I've got enough pockets. I haven't yeah, I've, I find them in such good... I mean, the one I got the other day is just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, they're so cheap, you know? Yeah. Uh, J. Crew. That I don't... I, I look... Oh, sorry. Yeah, I've never been... I've never... I have one resale J. Crew sweater. There's certain brands I've never worn. It's so weird. Like, mm. Gap. Do you know I've never even been in a Gap Oh, interesting. Store. I always look Isn't for Gap on weird? Poshmark. I just... Yeah. Yeah, it's just bizarre. I, you get, like, in a... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in a groove or whatever so mm-hmm. i look for kate spade accessories i love her jewelry and i think i have a pair of sunglasses of hers as well that's another one okay I'll look so for i like sometimes it's like for jewelry and sunglasses and stuff i love mm-hmm. michael kors you know michael kors that he's got mm-hmm. fab shoes too i have some flats of his that i really love yeah um yeah, I would say those are all kind of the top ones that I look for. Poshmark is a little overwhelming if you don't know what brands to look for. Um, right. Like I will literally type in like, you know, I have that fabulous plaid jacket. Um, I got like I, I will literally type in like Ralph Lauren plaid jacket and just mm-hmm. see what comes up. Ralph Lauren green coat and see what comes up. Like I yeah. really like don't don't be um <laughs> Afraid to really use descriptions and because it can be really overwhelming. And then like if you need a medium, Ralph Lauren, green coat, yeah. medium, you know, just to so you're not sorting through extra smalls or whatever, you know. Yep. Yes, yes, yes. All to that. Mm-hmm. OK, what do your husbands think of it all? <laughs> Obviously, they're in it to win it with you. But could we get them on the podcast? They're the quiet men behind the scenes. 
we've asked them to be on the podcast and both of them are like meh <laughs> no joel is not happening I mean, he's just no. He's like his. He's just said no one wants to hear me talk. Like that That's would what not Stu be good. Says too. They're both the but strong now, silent Joel, type. Yeah. Now, if mm-hmm. Joel gets like, uh, what are you? What is? What's that expression from season two? A wild hair. Yes. Is that what you taught yeah, me? Yeah, wild hair. Um, a wild hair. He will come on as Joel Seppi. Yeah. Just, if we could get him to come what, on as Joel that's what he would do. He would give like wife advice, husband advice, like let your wives do their thing. Like got to explain to him what Joel Seppi is. OK, so Joel Seppi is like two years ago. My mom was here and we were we had a fire and we were all sitting in the living room. And Joel said something and he's like, that's very nice. You know, and he's mm. and we giggled and he just kept going with it. And you have to understand, like, my husband is not really that funny. Like, that's not his thing and he just starts in with this brilliant sicilian accent and like we were crying like he went on for about 25 minutes and then he's done it a few times i think there are youtube videos really there might or maybe i it they're still out there somewhere um and it's pretty funny because what he usually ends up doing is like talking to husbands on like, just let your wife have the pea gravel, let her hang the oil painting, <laughs> let, let her do what makes her happy because like you shouldn't care. <laughs> and it's very funny. Yes, yeah. it is funny. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Yeah. I don't think either of them are really interested in that. Um, no, they humor us. It's not bless happening. their hearts. OK, <laughs> thoughts on Botox. Hmm. I I you know do what you got to do. Like <laughs> I'm sorry. That's you do what you, I boo. say. You do you. I I can I okay. Can we talk about pet peeves? I hate that expression. You do you. But I'll we'll I talk think about that some other time. I think it's very helpful sometimes because I think okay, like like drinking. Let's say um, mm-hmm. Stuart has this really great thing that he says to me all the time, and he's like, "Where God has not bound your conscience, others aren't free to." Meaning, right. um, again, I'm, I'm talking about my worldview here. Uh, but mm-hmm. so f- for something like drinking, we have certain directions about, you know, drunken somebody who's a drunkard. OK, that's no good. Right. That's where God has said this is where we draw the line. Very um, clearly. Yeah. Very clearly. But something yeah. like having a glass of wine, you know, that's not something. So some people might be convicted about that. I am not. And so I am not free then to say, well, everybody should every Christian should drink or every Christian shouldn't drink. Um, and I'm just using that as one example. Mm-hmm. So when I say you do you, I just mean there's we have this massive stretch of personal liberty that we could right. and, and can exercise. And I think Botox right. is one of those things. I won't do it because I freaking hate needles and I'm definitely not getting one between my eyeballs but you do you. Oh my gosh. I used to get do. my. Okay. It's just like she said, you do you. There's just a few pop expressions that really just rub me the wrong way. Fine. I don't like I the way they sound. Too. And you do you is one of them. Okay. <laughs> just saying. Still helpful. It's like Jerry uh, Seinfeld. It is helpful. He talks about, um, oh, well, it is what it is. And what a stupid saying that is. He's like, you might as well just not waste the air to say it. But sometimes it's really helpful. It is what it is. <laughs> I used to get um I used to get neat needles in my thighs for spider veins. Hundreds <laughs> of them. You guys should see the look of horror on Shay's face. Uh because Blech. in my family we have really hereditarily nasty spider veins. So in my 20s I used to get saline injections into my spider yes. veins. And actually now at this point I'm very glad I did. Mm-hmm. Because I did it three times, and had I not, like my legs would be covered yeah. in spider veins. Yeah, and it's much easier these days. That's old school. Like, yeah, it probably quote is unquote different. technology. Yeah. It's much easier these days. Mm-hmm. So, I think one of my things yeah. with um with anything on your face, like Botox or lip, mm-hmm. um, I have people my age that I know who do it. Uh-huh. It always just makes their look their. They can look very homogenous, like it gives them that really like American standard beauty sort of look. And it always looks like they've had stuff done. And um, 
it's just kind of uninteresting. It's uninspiring that that kind of look mm-hmm. to me. So, yeah, I don't I don't know. But you know, like Meg Ryan, we talked about all the movies she was. Have you seen her face? <laughs> that uh, sounds like a weird it, question. I can't. She's had I can't so imagine much that stuff It doesn't even look like her. Look like her. And it's like wrinkles. I mean, there's some wrinkles would have looked way better. Because way don't better. Even, your face is not even yours anymore. It looks so different. Right. And you can tell it's just injections of, of stuff places. I don't know. It's it. It looks a little odd. I mean, I get. Yeah, I, I guess. I think if you're gonna do it, I I would. I've read about it. I've read a ton about it because of Dominique. Like she really. Um, yes. And she gets Botox. She, she gets right? Botox. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, anything like that. Do a ton of research and interview like people. Yes. Like don't just. I would never. I can't imagine like somebody sticking a needle in my face. I can't imagine just walking in and being like, hey, nice to meet you. Let's do this. Yeah. Like do all your homework. <laughs> That's a good and like you said, advice. there's um, and she talks about this in one of her videos. There are reasons that people do end up with that homogenous look, and there are ways that you can communicate with your doctor or finding the right one to not end up looking like that. Yeah, it's true. But I think somebody I think, like her, yeah, like I think she's, she's got all the money. It seems like you would land in a pretty, you know, good doctor's office, but. I don't know. Probably. Yeah. Maybe you just lose perspective after a while. You don't I see don't your face for what it is. Okay, here's another one. How do you deal with people who just don't get you? Whether it be the farm life, the self-reliance, the beliefs you have, or your goals for your business life. This is a great question. Um, I just sent Angela a Joe Rogan. So we're getting lots of questions too about podcasts we listen to. Okay. Um, I do listen to Joe Rogan, but only certain ones. Because the raunch, I can't do the raunch. But when he has like certain people on, like he had Douglas Murray on last week, and it was that was excellent. excellent. It was excellent. Yeah, the interview skills that he has and the listening ability that he has are they're excellent. But Douglas Murray yeah. did this whole big section because Joe said, "Hey, everyone hates you. Like, how do you deal with it?" And I sent it to mm-hmm. Angela, and I was like, "You've got to listen to this part," um, because. It was basically saying, I don't care what people I don't care about think. And not in a rude way, just right. in a why would I care way? Because they don't, I don't know them. They don't know me. And um, now that's a different situation when it's people in your sphere. So like if your parents are coming over for dinner and they don't get the fact that you make your bread from scratch and they don't like the way it tastes you know, like that, that's a different situation. But mm-hmm. um, I keep going back to that Ben Shapiro quote, also from a Joe Rogan interview of like, are we going to eat people alive or are we going to just leave them alone? Please, please just leave each other alone. <laughs> just I leave each you. other alone. You do you. You do you. <laughs> See, it is helpful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, when people don't get me, I don't feel the need to defend myself anymore. Uh, that's why you don't see anything political from me. I don't care what you think politically and I don't want you to care what right. I think. Uh, we're right. here for homemaking or like on our blogs. We're there for recipes and inspiration and gardening. And I will defend that safe space with my life if I have to. Um, because, I, yeah, that yeah, that's my response to that. You want to add anything to that? Um, no, I mean, well, I mean, yeah, it, it is very different. If you're talking about social media and like people not getting you or whatever, or people in your immediate sphere of influence, uh, I don't care. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I really like the way I do things. I really like the way I've got <laughs> things all set up and I'm always... Striving okay. to make it more likable. Yeah. And to me, <laughs> yeah. there yeah. is an important mm-hmm. time in the homesteader's life or the homemaker's life or even the Christian's life. There's a joke that runs around. And anyway, this is kind of a rabbit trail, but it's called the cage stage. And what that means is when you're introduced to something that you're really, really excited about, 
let's say oh, home I making. love this. I know what you're going to say. This is brilliant. <laughs> Go. I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, when you're when you're introduced to something new that you're really really excited about, the human nature mm-hmm. is to shove that down everybody's throat and tell them why that they should do and believe and think everything that you do. Don't do that. I've done that. Don't do that. Okay. This is a cage stage. So give yourself two years where you do not try to convince everybody else that what you're doing is the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. You just do you and shut up about it. Then after yeah, that there, that time in yeah. your cage, we're locking you in a cage mm-hmm. for two years. After that time, you can emerge with wisdom and perspective and you will have just calmed down a bit. I know it's mm-hmm. exciting when you learn to make bread. I know it's exciting when you decide that you're going to stay home with your kids and homeschool, you know, or whatever it may be. Take your pick. Mm-hmm. I know it's exciting, but you don't people don't want that shoved down their throats they don't want to be told why they need to do what you're doing because that's not the way the world works we're not all meant to be a homogenous mass of everybody doing believing and thinking the same thing mm-hmm. so that's what i will say about that give yourself a proper cage stage i love it i wish somebody would have told me that okay <laughs> We are already over an hour, but let's talk about real fast. We're over. Yeah. uh, Budget. Can we talk about budget really fast? Tight budget, farm on a budget, do you budget, grocery budget. Um, Yeah. I'm the worst. Don't ask me. We're both just staring at each other. Okay. We both did hardcore Dave Ramsey back in the day when we had to really, yeah. really budget. And then I was like, I will do whatever I have to do. I will work as hard as I have to work. Please don't make me have a grocery budget because I just want to buy all the good food. And that's where I spend all my money is just on groceries and flowers. And um, one one principle we, we took with us from Dave was like, we do not charge up consumer debt. Um, yeah. So everything we do, everything we've done on the farm, we do cash or you know like not on credit and that's Mm -hmm. been a a major saving grace for us but in terms of like following every penny no I wish I could be that disciplined but I'm not I was I mean I'm not now I'm not now I was and I I was when I first was introduced to so I think the answer to the budget question is we are both or have been Dave Ramsey people. Yeah. When I was introduced to the concept, to his concepts, I was livid. Yeah. Like that is stupid. I'm not doing that. That only, here's the lie I believe that only works for people with money. Yeah. I had uh, dual income friends that made a lot more money than us that jumped on the Dave Ramsey bandwagon and they did not employ the cage stage. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and I was just um, very put off. I, I just thought, look, I'm freaking struggling to make ends meet here, like struggling. And <laughs> yeah, please don't tell me I can't. There is no hope for me. I cannot do that. I, there is no extra money. There is no coffee latte envelope, you know, like yeah. none. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know what happened. I mean, I something possessed me. I bought the book. I read the book front to back. I printed the sheets. I started. And because I went to Joel and I said, do you think maybe we're like, we used to go to Panera. We lived around the corner or, you know, we used to go to Panera. And I said, do you think we're Panera-ing our money away? (laughs) Do you think there's money there that even though we claim to be broke and we really were broke, do you think we're spending it inappropriately or, you know, and that, um, I think that question was intriguing enough for both of us. And we started with Dave and I, re- I remember, I mean, I remember we needed a new mattress and one day I whipped out an envelope and I had $850 in it. So let's go get a mattress. And he's mm-hmm. like, what? That's mm-hmm. not Joel's style is like to like, I, I like stick with something and just like focus, like we're yeah. going to do this. No matter if, even if it takes months and months and months. And um, he didn't really, I don't think he realized that I was really sticking with it. And yeah, I'm like, yeah, here's the, we can do Remember this. when I asked you to get like 20 extra bucks, you know, less cash received on the deposit? Like, here it is. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. That can be so helpful. Mm-hmm. So helpful. 
Um, I, Joe, and so now we're not like charting every dollar we should be, but but also not you know racking up like you said consumer debt. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I just choked on my own saliva. Um, on that I think, fly? I Did the fly finally fly in your mouth? I would have rather eaten it than had it be flying in my eye. Right? Um, I think that's probably where we've got when when I was hyper-focused, we were in a not only a different financial season, but we were also so new. We were newly married. We were trying to get our feet under us. And now we're mm-hmm. both very self-disciplined people on certain things. And... um you know, we're not just we're just not major spenders. So nobody's out there just going on shopping thousand dollar shopping sprees without saying anything, you know. And so we've right. got a really general we've got an idea of where we keep things between the lines and we know where the, mm-hmm. that is now. So that's really helpful. My kids must think the hour is up. Can you hear them? They're just getting louder it's, and louder. Oh my gosh, there's just so much that and we louder. didn't even uh, we got to do like a holiday food and Christmas parties, getting kids to eat. We have a lot to cover. And actually, I hate to say this, my dear listeners, but we're going to take a week off next week because I got sick. And we, Because it is what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> Stuart and I are, um, we're going to be spending some time with his family next week. And so we are not going to have time to record. We were hoping we could get the episodes recorded before we left to go do that. But that did not happen. Because they understand you guys can imagine carving out four (laughs) extra hours to advance record in a week before a vacation with small children. They get it. It's just not going to happen. And, you know, I love this audience. They've actually been really supportive. Like when we take a whatever, what is our break in between seasons? Two or three weeks? It's yeah. I've had people like reach out and they're like, you know, you can take longer. (laughs) If you you girls are mothers, (laughs) if you need another week, you do that because we want the best of you. They they want us to take care of ourselves so we can keep going. And I love that. No, this will be great because we will be coming back the very first of October. We've got two more weeks of the season. So we will go until October 15th. Then we'll take our two week break and then we are going to come back swinging for the holidays. I just can't even swinging when we come back from our season three break. It's going to be November 1st. It's insane. Wow. I know. Oh, it's going to be season three or season four. I know. That's season four. Is it's going to be, be so, so awesome. Season mm-hmm. three is awesome. So we will make sure that in our last remaining episodes of season three, we touch on some of these other questions that we did not get to hit today. Um, I'm going to go blow my nose. Okay. Or sneeze. <laughs> One of the two. Thank you so much for being here with us. Um, I love that you guys responded like this. Just so much great content, so many great questions. And we'd love for you to visit homemakerchicpodcast.com because all of our other advertisers that we have, those are where all the coupon codes are. Of course, grab some dry farm, experience it. Tell us what you think. Dryfarmwines.com forward slash homemakerchic. Get a bottle for a penny with your first order. Shay's uh, all wiped up now. (laughs) Sort of. Sort of. Got to get it out. In with the bad, out with the bad, in with the good, as they Mm -hmm. say. Uh, Yes, thanks for being here with us. Do go try your wine. Tap in. I'm sure it's delicious. I can't taste anything right now, but when I can, (laughs) I'm going to go do that. Young lady. All right. All right. All right. We'll talk to you guys later. Cheers. Cheers.